Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, April 1st, 2021. President Biden holds his first in-person cabinet meeting as he kicks off his giant pitch to sell the infrastructure proposal. We'll discuss that, plus efforts across the country to restrict voting access keep mounting at pretty alarming rates, even as pushback grows. And finally, Democrats' attempt to overturn an Iowa congressional election and boost their slim majority in the House comes to an end. Today, President Biden met with his cabinet for the first time in person. Not in the cabinet room, they were in the East Room to be socially distanced in this COVID era, but it certainly wasn't like any cabinet meeting you saw during the Trump era. Remember when each of his cabinet members went around the table singing the president's praises? That was not the purpose of today's cabinet meeting. It's also worth noting, as President Biden has touted, he has put together the most diverse cabinet in American history of the 24 main participants. Only six, 25 percent, are straight white men. The plan for the cabinet meeting to discuss COVID relief, combating the pandemic, and how to sell his infrastructure plan that's already receiving some opposition from both sides of the aisle. And while most of the cabinet will have a role in helping shape and press the jobs plan, today I'm announcing that I'm asking five cabinet members to take special responsibility to explain the plan to the American public. Between now and the end of the summer, getting this infrastructure plan across the finish line is priority number one for this White House. And senior advisor Anita Dunn put out a memo to the president's allies to help them sell this plan to the American people. And in this memo, she makes clear that while there may be complete and total Republican opposition, don't let that fool you in not thinking that many of the components of this proposal are widely popular. Again, this White House determined to separate out Republican opposition in Congress versus Republican support for these measures in the broad public. But don't let that fool you in thinking that this is going to be easy to pass. We are starting to see the fissures in the Democratic coalition over this infrastructure package. For instance, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wrote about this two $2.5 trillion initial part of the plan, quote, This is not nearly enough. The important context here, it's $2.25 trillion spread out over 10 years, needs to be way bigger. And there are complaints from the other side of the ideological spectrum inside the party, from moderate Democrats on the scope of the legislation, raising taxes to pay for it, and for some of them, a key priority of bringing back the state and local tax deduction. So when each wing of the Democratic Party is starting to express some concern or opposition or pushing to the White House with a still complete wall of opposition from Republicans, you can see how the president and his team have their work cut out for them. Now, here's what else matters today. The voting rights fight is spreading across the country. A new tally by the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University finds that 361 bills with provisions that restrict voting have been introduced in 47 states. That's as of March 24th. That's a 43% rise in the number of bills introduced since Brennan last released a count a little over a month ago. In Texas, the state Senate advanced an elections bill early today with several provisions placing new restrictions on the voting process, particularly for those living in densely populated counties. The bill would ban drive-through voting and limit extended early voting hours. 
Meanwhile, in Georgia, after days and days of pressure, CEOs of major corporations are now ripping into the new restrictive election law there. Apple CEO Tim Cook has added his name to a growing list of executives denouncing the new law. Coca-Cola and Delta are also slamming the state's voting restrictions. Of course, this is all coming after the fact that it is already the law of the land in Georgia. And Republican legislators aren't taking it lying down. They're talking in Georgia about trying to strip some of the tax benefits in the law for a company like Delta. Even President Biden is now getting in on the action in trying to apply some of that corporate business pressure on the politicians in Georgia. He did an interview with ESPN last night where he said he'd be okay moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. I would strongly support them doing that. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids. What we don't know yet is if this pressure on corporations to get involved and make their voices known, will it be successful like we saw in North Carolina a couple of years ago? Or is this just lip service from these companies because they're getting backlash from many of their customers for not having spoken out in advance of the bill's passage? And finally today... That Democratic candidate in Iowa who was contesting the election results, remember she lost that House race by just six votes back in November? Rita Hart has folded to the Republican pressure in that House contest. She has withdrawn the contest from the House Administration Committee. Democrats will no longer have to suffer the daily taunts from Republicans that they're trying to steal a House race or the House of Representatives trying to overturn the will of the people in Iowa. The optics of this were obviously terrible for the Democrats, though Rita Hart was following a process that other candidates in the past have followed in challenging the results of a House election through this process in the House of Representatives. They are the ultimate governing body of who gets seated. And whatever her potentially legitimate arguments may have been, they were obviously no match for the real-world political headache that this was causing her party. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.